We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. podcast for Wednesday, October 5th, a wide receiver Wednesday, as my co-host likes to call it, and let me welcome him in. I'm, of course, James Seltzer, and with me, as always, my friend from the Great White North, you can follow him on Twitter, at Statsman22, Paul Bruno. What up, brother? James, I'm I'm on a high today. Uh, watched the ball game last night. Big dramatic finish for Toronto Blue Jays fans. Not so much for the Baltimore Orioles. And uh, I uh, I can't wait for the next round. Are we going to see a boxing match in that in that series or what between Odor and somebody on the Jays? Maybe Bautista is going to defend his own honor. Uh, a nice backdrop to that that series coming up. But we're here to talk football, and I'm ready to roll. Uh, my Cowboys are three and one. Your Eagles are on fire. So we're all in. a we're both in pretty good mood, I, I, I guess. Yes, yes. But you in a better mood with that Toronto win. Congratulations. Doesn't get more fun <laughs> than a playoff, a walk-off. And, and yes, that uh, Rangers series should be interesting, to say the least. All right, Paul, let's jump in. Uh, 
big, big uh, week here, week four. We're finally starting to get a real, uh, week five, excuse me, uh, starting to get a real sample size on uh, these wide receivers and some real stuff that we can judge them by and, and on the defense as they're going up against. So let's dive in and try and help some people. Uh, let's. There's only one receiver over the $9,000 plateau in Antonio Brown at 9,600. Let's just lump him in with those other top receivers from 8,000 above. Uh, obviously, a, a big difference between 9,600 and 8,000. We'll keep that in mind. But uh, in this group, kind of who sticks out to you, Paul? Well, I'm going to discount Brown right away. I mean, look at what he did last week. He only effectively was involved in the offense for half the game because they were so far ahead. They they eased up on the throttle. And I think they're going to be in a similar circumstance this week. That's a lot of money to throw out on, on one player, too. There's other options in this grouping that I like. I'll even look at the, the Cowboys opponent, A.J. Green with Cincinnati. If they can find a way to keep this guy away from Morris Claiborne, one of the shutdown, best shutdown defensive backs in football, he's going to have another big day because there's not a lot in the rest of the defensive backfield that gives me confidence in this matchup and uh andy dalton is going to have to want to find a way to get into the end zone and uh, more than he did last week and uh green is the guy to do it so i look for that 87 8700 price tag to be quite attractive to a lot of people and then i'll uh, say another option in this range is jordy nelson with the packers against the giants he's heating up uh, james with six catches and 101 yards plus two TDs last week, and uh, we may only be seeing the tip of the iceberg here as he and uh, and Aaron Rodgers are one of the best pass-catching duos in the uh, in the NFL, and uh, he might just be hitting his stride. So those are the two, top two guys. A third option here, if they can find a decent quarterbacking performance in Chicago, uh, Alshon Jeffrey could shake loose against a weak indie defense. I, I don't think it's a safe bet just because of the quarterbacking situation in Chicago. I wonder how you feel about those three picks and other choices in this range. Yeah, A.J. Green at 8,700 is is potentially my favorite of, of the group. I agree with you there. It's a, He is a, a great value at that price even, you know, going up against uh, – I think even a, a Dallas fan like you would admit not the best defense nor pass defense out there. So there's some real opportunity for him in that game coming off the long week. Obviously, the 10-catch, 173-yard performance um, is the kind of thing that, that is eye-popping, but also the kind of thing that Green really can do every week potentially. So um, I, I like that a lot. But right below him, I, I also like OBJ a lot this week. I, I feel like with all the talk about, you know, oh, he's struggling and he doesn't like to play football anymore and all this stuff, this feels like the kind of thing where they're going to come out and they're going to try and feed him, especially against a Green Bay pass defense that has really struggled so far. And considering that Green Bay is pretty much impossible to run against, I think they look to get him going this week. And and I think they're going to need to throw because I think they'll be from behind. So um, I really, I mean, look, OBJ, you're not going to get him at 8,500 if he's playing like himself. So I think there's some real potential upside with that value. Uh, As for the Antonio Brown thing, I I agree. 9,600 is just so much, but... The, the Jets have been terrible as far as the pass defense yeah. goes. So I, I think he's probably worth the price. I don't think I would play him in tournaments. But in cash games, I, I think that you could probably build a solid enough lineup around him that he's worth it pretty much any week. But but I understand and, and agree. I think there are better values on the board this week. Um, and one more name, Alshon. I'm a little nervous. He hasn't really gotten it going with Hoyer. If uh, I actually like Brian Hoyer you know, for what he is, but... 
his uh, real issue is getting the ball downfield and, you know, those deep passes, and we haven't seen a lot of that. I, I like Eddie Royal a lot more, who we'll get to a little later. But um, I, I don't hate uh, the idea of, of, in a tournament, making a contrarian play with Julian jo- Julio Jones. Obviously, he's not going to put up 300 yards against the Denver defense, but I also think 8,900 uh, for the upside that guy presents, even against the best pass defense in the league. Might be worth a shot in a lineup or two. All right, Paul, let's uh, let's slide on down to the uh, 7,900 to 7,000 range. A lot of good names in here. Uh, and uh, and then we'll obviously get into some real values for people. But what kind of stands out in this second-tier group of receivers? Uh, for me, there's a few names here. I like T.Y. Hilton of the Colts. Uh, Seventy-seven hundred bucks against a Chicago defense. He, uh, Hilton, for his part, has uh, been targeted at least ten times in each game so far. TDs in the last two games. This guy's hot, and he can, he can on one play get you thirteen to fifteen points because he can go the length of the field on a bomb. I like that uh, in a guy who gets a lot of touches as part of his mix. I also like uh, Jarvis Landry for much the same reason. He is Miami's top receiver and should be busy this week, averaging 93 yards per week against a Tennessee defense that I'm not too excited about. So I think this is a good value play. But further down the board, there's two guys that I like even more in this range. One uh, on your club, the Eagles. Uh, Carson Wentz, go-to receiver is Jordan Matthews at $7,000. He should score big in a matchup against the Detroit Lions. And similarly with uh, Julian Edelman of the Pats against Cleveland, there's a guy named Brady that's making his comeback <laughs> this, this week, and and uh, Edelman should get more targets, and the the yards will happen here. They have a great relationship, a working relationship, and I think Brady hits the ground running, and I think he runs runs up a big score, and Edelman is one of the big beneficiaries here. Yeah, look, I, I love those last two calls. Those are two of my favorite guys on the board here, Matthews. I, I think Carson and the Eagles throw all over Detroit. Detroit has been just atrocious against the pass so far. Uh, obviously gave up 300 yards to the aforementioned Brian Hoyer last week. Uh, but they just haven't looked very good. I, I like that. But Edelman I like even more, though. Obviously, Edelman has, has not looked so good so far this season. But getting Brady back is going to completely change his fortunes, I, I believe. So uh, at 7000 that's a heck of a value. Uh, also, I was going to mention Jarvis Landry as well. Totally agree there. He is such a gigantic part of that offense. Uh, so, you know, he's their guy. So, and Tennessee yeah. is not necessarily an intimidating defense, though it's <laughs> been slightly better than expected. So um, I like all those plays. Uh, TY play is nice. Uh, I, I do even like a couple of the plays at the top of the, uh, the, the value range here. Mike Evans at 7,900, just, you know, with the amount of targets that dude's getting, leads the league with 48 targets through three weeks. Yeah. That's more than Antonio Brown, which is crazy to think about. Um, going up against a Carolina defense that mm, just gave up 300 yards to Julio Jones uh, and 500 yards passing to Matt Ryan. I feel really good about Mike Evans at that price this week. And I don't hate Marvin Jones. I, I honestly think this Eagles D is really good, and they will, for the most part, shut down the Detroit offense. But if there is a weak, you know, the biggest weakness, I would say, on that Eagles defense is definitely the cornerback play. So I could certainly see Marvin Jones busting open for a play or two. All right, Paul, let's get into some uh, legitimate value-seeking type of range here. Not in the ultimate value range yet, but... Uh, this 6,900 to 6,000 range it has been really productive so far this season if you've made the right choices. So what are the right choices this week, Paul? 
Well, I'm going to look at Sterling Shepard as the uh, option in New York that I like best. I'm not as high on Odell Beckham Jr. as you are. I think this guy's a head case, and I'm going to stay away from him and instead uh, put my faith in a guy who has had a fine start to his rookie season. He was 5-for-7 in terms of catches and targets last week with 73 yards on a TD, and he gets a good matchup against that Green Bay defense that you touched, touched on earlier. I also like Michael Crabtree at $6,900. He's coming off a 3-TD game. He has 37 targets targets in four games I'm surprised he's th this low in the rankings quite frankly and this is a 27th ranked pass defense that he's facing this week so I like that as a good uh, good value play a little further down the list there's a trio of guys uh, beginning with Steve Smith that this veteran has slowly become the go-to guy for the Ravens in their past offense even though he's 37 years old he hauled in he's hauled in eight uh, passes in each of the last two weeks on a total of 22 yards again uh, 22 uh, targets, I should say, 11 in each of the last two weeks as well. And, uh, well, he's a pro's pro, so I, I got time for him, and I think this is a good matchup this week. Uh, I've talked in the past about Quincy Inunua with the, the dinged-up uh, veteran wide receivers in, in the, on the Jets uh, lineup. This guy has made his way to 60-plus average yards per game and has become increasingly, increasingly relevant in, in the Jets' uh, offense. And he's going to need to be good because... They want to keep the Pittsburgh offense off the field, so you're going to be, want to bet that they're going to target a, a guy who's becoming a more reliable receiver. And then I'll give a shout-out to a former CFL star, Dontrell Illman, Inman with the San Diego Chargers. He's worth $6,100 uh, this week. He was targeted 11 times for five catches on 120 yards and a TD last week. Faces a Chicago defense that could pose a bit of a challenge, but I like the fact that he's getting a lot of action, and he should see uh, just as much this week. Yeah, I um I agree with Crabtree. I think him at sixty nine hundred is is one of the best plays available today on this wide receiver board, especially considering that it's likely Jason Verrett is going to spend most of his time covering Amari Cooper. So you have to like that matchup for Crabtree, and obviously Crabtree a big time red zone target for Derek Carr so far this season. So love 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 that play. A uh, little bit further down, I like Tyrell Williams if I'm going to go with a San Diego receiver. He's been the, you know, he hasn't gotten the splash plays since that that opening week touchdown, but has been the most targeted receiver on the team. And and I think that ultimately, when it comes down to it, he's the one that Rivers trusts the most on a consistent basis. At least that's the way it seems. It seems like Benjamin and Inman could go back and forth, kind of, with who's playing the the hitting the deep shots and and uh, you know, kind of stretching the field type role. But I, I think Benjamin's going to be that more consistent, or excuse me, Williams is going to be that more consistent guy. So I like him at 6,500. Um, but on the whole, and uh, you know, outside of the names we mentioned, oh, and I agree with you on Steve Smith. I, I think he is back to being the clear number one guy there in Baltimore and a uh, nice matchup with Washington. I don't think Josh Norman's going to shadow him because he never does shadow a receiver, at least mostly doesn't. Um, so he sticks to his side. So I think they'll be able to get Smith open. Uh, but I will say, uh, before we move on to the real values, I, I do think that the way the the value chart breaks out down this week, I think there are some, if you can afford to make it work at other positions, there are better values in that six, seven to $8,000 range than in this $6,000, six to 6,900 range, at least in terms of value, in my opinion. All right, Paul, before we jump into the uh, values of values, let me remind everyone, the fantasy football fans out there, that football is back, which means that FanDuel is back, and this year it's better than ever.
remember, it's not just a new season at FanDuel, it's a new era. They've upgraded your entire experience with real improvements for everyday fans, and they believe that you deserve to experience everything sports has to offer, which makes you sports rich. Try the new FanDuel now, just pick your team, stay under the salary cap, and have all the fun that FanDuel has to offer. New to the game? Play in a beginner's contest to learn the ropes. If you have a dollar, there are games for just a dollar. There's 50-50 contests with a top half-win cash. Or you can even settle a score with a friend in FanDuel's brand new friends mode. It's season-long fantasy football with weekly teams. Plus, new features ensure a fair and level playing field. I've said it many times. I, I, season-long is just, it kills me. I, everyone gets hurt. It's not the same team you draft. This week, this in FanDuel, you can do it each week and pick your new team based on the matchups and be the smartest guy each and every week and not just have to you know, do the do the best of, of, of projecting who's not going to get hurt over a 16-game season. It, it's just the smarter way to play now. So, uh, you know, you can have all the fun that football has to offer, all the fun that fantasy has to offer. At FanDuel, you could be sports rich. Special offer for new users. You can get a free six-month subscription at Rotowire with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. And not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll actually have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel, so it's basically like $10 of, of fun that you're also getting the RotoWire subscription for. It's over $40 in value for just $10. Bucks. So go to FanDuel.com slash RW. All right, Paul, let's uh, let's really make some people some money this week. Uh, let's go with the uh, – let, let, let's, uh, let's break it up like we did last week since there are so few under the $5,000 threshold. Let's go with this top half of it and take these names – from 5,500 up, starting with Terrence Williams there and going up to that 5,900 range. Well, 5,800 in this case is Tavon Austin, Jameson Crowder. Top out that list. Yeah, I like Crowder a lot. He's become increasingly relevant in that Washington offense. He's averaged 10.1 points per week, so that's a $5,800 play. But right below him, there's Eddie Royal. You teased him before. I really like this matchup against Indianapolis. He's averaged 12.8 points per week and I think he's going to fatten that up against a very bad Indianapolis defense and I got to give uh, a cowboy a, a shout out today Shocker. like usual Cole Beasley <laughs> has been talk about increasingly relevant this guy is is getting a lot of targets and he's actually starting to get uh, bigger chunks than he's used to he's usually a, one of these 5 to 7 yard guys but he's had a couple of 15 to 20 yard gainers and uh, I think he shakes loose loose against uh, Cincinnati again he's averaging 10 points per week and I you know there's rumblings that uh Dez is going to play but I don't think so I think that's just him and his PR guy saying yeah yeah but Beasley's going to be a guy that's central to this offense and any success they have and I think he's a red zone threat too so I think he's a, a lock for a, more than 10 points in this matchup uh so those are the three names that I like in this this half no Victor Cruz is the first week you haven't given me Victor Cruz Paul exactly uh... exactly I actually don't hate Cruz. I, I don't love him, but again, I think uh, the Giants are going to have to pay, uh, excuse me, going to have to throw the ball to compete with Green Bay. Um, so I don't hate Cruz at 5,600. Eddie Royal is easily my favorite play here. I mentioned it before as well, like you said. He's just been a big part of the offense, especially since Brian Hoyer's taken over. Um, and obviously he's, you know, taking punts back for touchdowns. He's just been a, you know, obviously that doesn't help you to hear, but... Um, he's been a very valuable player to own so far this season. And for 5,700, for the amount of targets he's going to get against a 
awful Indianapolis secondary. I, I think that is a, a terrific, terrific play. Uh, I don't. I like the Crowder play as well. And and I don't. I Cole Beasley at fifty five under for the target share. I, I don't think is that bad a play. But you know what I'll do is I, I usually give you the chance to go first. But since it ties in so well here, I'm going to take the my first shot at this this lower range here, uh, and then I'll come back with you at some more. But I actually, assuming Dez doesn't play, which I agree, and I don't think he should play, I like Bryce Butler better at $5,100. He's $400 cheaper than Beasley, and, and obviously I think Beasley's a more consistent option. But we saw last week with Dez out that Butler led the team in targets, had the touchdown, and actually look pretty good as far as it goes. So um, I think if Dez is out, if Dez is playing, I'm going with Beasley of the two. But if Dez is out, Paula, and tell me what you think here, I, I might take that shot on Bryce Butler. Not a bad option, but I, I'm going to shy away from him. I, I think Beasley and, and uh, the tight end, you know who he is, Witten, mm. are going to get most of the targets there. Uh, Butler, to me, is still a bit of an unproven guy. And, and I think they have more faith in the other two, and they're going to need them because I think Andy Dalton's a big threat and they want to keep him off the field. They'll be looking to sustain drives and go with the people that they're know, they know better and they're comfortable with. All right, Paul. I, I, well, well, we might have to have a little side bet on the Bryce Butler action. If hey, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. <laughs> um, a couple other guys, and then I'll go to you for you. There, are, there are two more guys who stand out to me in the, uh, and I don't really have any great of the, you know, under five thousand plays. I think Brian Quick at forty five hundred is probably worth a shot in some tournaments because of uh, obviously the touchdown so far. But I don't expect that to continue. I've seen Brian Cook have a couple good weeks and then just fail, you know, fall off the block before. So, um, but but as far as St. Louis receivers go, or at least facing St. Louis, that game. I I do like on the other side of that Robert Woods at 5300 yeah. with Sammy Watkins out for the year and IR Woods is been the the main target share leader there and I don't think he's gonna you know he hasn't scored touchdown which is has limited his value but he's gonna get opportunities they're gonna have to throw against the Rams I believe who will focus on shutting down that running game as much as they can in our good defense so I think just from a volume standpoint Woods is a nice play and uh, the other name that jumped out to me here just from an upside type of play is Adam Humphreys for Tampa Bay it looks like he's past Vincent Jackson in terms of you know importance to that offense along with Cameron Brait and Mike Evans I think are really the three targets that are going to be developed moving forward so uh, again I mentioned how bad that Carolina pass defenses looks so I like the Adam Humphreys play there as well for 5,100. Paul, are there any other names in this long shot territory that jump out to you? Well, first, I want to echo your sentiments on Woods. I think uh, he's averaged 6.5 points per week. He's going he's gonna to dwarf that going forward as a clear number one uh, in Buffalo. And I like the matchup against Los Angeles. Another name that screams out in this range is Danny Amendola. This guy is the other half of the, the pass-catching guys who's got to be thrilled with Brady coming back. And at $5,300 against Cleveland, he's another stunning bargain on the board today. Maybe the best one for me on the whole. And so I'm going to be all over that one. In terms of below the $5,000 plateau, I'll give you a couple of names. And I'd love to hear your opinion on these guys. I'm going to pick Durrell. Uh, Green Beckham at $4,900. Uh, 
uh, for Philly, he got he is getting more reps each week, and the bye week more means more learning for him. I think he's going to have a chance to have a big game against Detroit, and then uh, Corderell Patterson, something a forgot of a forgotten guy. He did catch five balls on six targets for a season high, 34 snaps last week versus the Giants, and he gets Houston this week. I think that's another guy that might uh, shock people with uh, that low price tag. I uh, I love the Danny Amendola call. Great call. Chris Hogan, even worth an upside play in that general area. Beckham, really interesting point about the bye week, because you're dead on with that. His biggest issue so far, obviously he needs to show that he could play at the NFL level, but in terms of getting on the field, has been a lack of knowledge of the playbook. So I, I really like that upside call. I don't think I'd have the guts to put him in a cash game lineup, as it were. But um, as far as it goes, if you're looking for an upside play who's got uh, a touchdown upside, as it were, I think Beckham, if they, you know, they're, they're going to target him in the red zone. He's their biggest option. They showed the fade pattern uh, in the uh, preseason to him that worked a couple times. So I think that's certainly potential. Again, I don't know if I'd have the guts, but um, I like the upside call there. So... Uh, I think they got a good list there. One name, other name that I, I meant to mention uh, at 5,300 in this general range uh, is Sammy Coates. I don't love him, but again, talking about how bad that Jets defense has been, uh, Coates, uh, this stat is crazy, and I apologize to where I read it. I, I believe it was um, somewhere on ESPN, but uh, he's had four straight games with a 40-yard catch or more. Uh, that's kind of crazy, and that shows me that they're going to keep targeting him down the field. So... One of these days, he's going to catch one and run in the end zone. So uh, at that price, I think that's a decent play. All right, Paul and I will be back, as always, tomorrow with a little tight end Thursday. We'll talk defenses, too. Paul, anything on your mind on the way out other than uh, just gloating about your Blue Jays? Well, I'm going to be I'm going to try and be nice to McKechnie on Friday because he's a big Baltimore fan and we've been going hammer and tong on the Jays and Orioles this week. So I'm going to treat him with kid gloves and see how how I can get him through that show, because I think he's he's going to be sulking. Uh, you want to tune in for that. It's going to be fun at the beginning. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Give it to him. Paul. Don't don't let him <laughs> off the hook. All right. If he if if he, if the Orioles had won, he would not have let you off the hook. You know, that's true, Paul. <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it, Paul, and I'll be back tomorrow. And then Friday, of course, can't miss Paul just going to town on the Johnny McKecks, the Oriole fans. So that'll be fun. Again, uh, this has been the RotoWire DFS podcast for Wednesday, October 5th. Paul and I will be back tomorrow to talk some tight ends and defenses. Again, for Paul Bruno, I am James Seltzer. This has been the wide receiver preview for week five of the NFL season on the RotoWire DFS podcast.